This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, as you've been hearing in the news, the B.C. Court of Appeal is considering the question of provincial power over the future of the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion project. It is day one of a five-day hearing at the B.C. Court of Appeal. So we are going to bring in Global B.C. Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry to talk a bit more about this. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. I've just been watching the proceedings. Uh, It's being live-streamed out of the Court of Appeal, so people can go on, I think it's their website, and actually watch what's unfolding in that courtroom. Excellent. So what's been happening so far? Well, so Joe Joe Arbe, the highly regarded uh, lawyer who's acting for the province, is making the opening submission, and he says the province is asking three questions. Does it have, first of all, does it have the right to regulate and control what flows through the province in terms of... uh, of specific goods, such as, as bitumen. Uh, and if it does have that right, does the legislation it's proposing, it, it, can that be enacted? And third question is, even if you say yes to the first two, can the feds come in with their own overriding uh, power and legislation to override the uh, the province's move? So the three questions are put, and he's basically, the opening argument strikes me as sort of an acknowledgement that the Constitution as originally set out with determining provincial powers and federal powers, uh, should be subject to sort of reinterpretation as time goes on to reflect current realities and and new realities that weren't really there at the time of Confederation. He he refers to the Constitution as a, quote, living tree that must be uh, pruned and altered from time to time, and that's why he's basically arguing maybe back in the 1860s the province didn't have the power to do to control something like this, but this is, you know, modern day, and therefore uh, the Constitution should be sort of reinterpreted to give the provinces the power to uh, to control what flows through their province in terms of environmental protection. Environmental protection that may not have been thought of to the same degree when the Constitution was first uh, drawn up. So what about the argument then that is being made on, on behalf of or on the positive side of this, uh, positive for people that, that want the pipeline put through, uh, the argument being that it's met the conditions, that we have this national board, it's met the conditions of the board, though, and those, uh, in fact, do address the concerns? Yeah, and we're going to get to those arguments at some point in, the, in these five days. It's interesting, Mr. Arve did acknowledge in his opening submission the province does not have the power to stop the pipeline, and it is not seeking to stop the pipeline. So the question for the province's point of view is turning on what can flow through that pipeline. If it was just a pipeline carrying water, there wouldn't be any argument. But it's arguing that, uh, okay, even if the pipeline meets all the conditions, what flows through that pipeline, because it could have an adverse effect on the environment, should it get out of the pipeline into water or streams or rivers uh, and such, uh, that therefore the, that's where the province should be able to step in and control and have some regulatory powers over what con- actually flows through the pipeline. So it's a different argument than trying to stop the infrastructure of actually building the pipeline. It's more centered on what can go through that pipeline. And that's a, it's a unique argument. And we'll see what the Court of Appeal does with it. Uh, well, and couldn't the argument be made then, say that that was a successful argument in the court and the court said, yes, things have changed. We agree with Mr. Arve. It's different now than it was in the 1800s. And provinces can now have a say over what's transported. Would that not also put the existing pipeline into question then? Yes, very much so, uh, and that's a very that's a very good point. Uh, it's, in fact, it could put into question a number of things that flow through the province, uh, whether it's uh, bitumen or or any other. I mean, 
in downtown Vancouver, every day, every day there are dangerous substances that are transported throughout Metro Vancouver on those rail lines along the waterfront. We, a number of years ago, if you recall, we had a toxic spill that uh, caused the evacuation of a part of downtown Vancouver. So this could fundamentally alter the the uh, the laws that that determine the, the shipment of uh, of substances through uh, through provincial territory. And also, this also would fundamentally strengthen provincial rights over federal rights. And even if you're on the side of uh, of being anti-pipeline, this would give more power to other provinces that may be diametrically opposed to your interests, such as Saskatchewan and potentially with Scott Moe, who's vehemently anti-carbon tax and anti-environmental uh, regulation, and someone like Jason Kennedy, should he get elected in Alberta. If you want to make the argument that provinces, provincial rights should be strengthened at the... Um, uh, at the, at the uh, exclusion of federal powers, that would strengthen a lot of provinces that may not be on side with environmental regulations as much as uh, the federal government is. So it's a it's a two sided argument here on a number of levels. It's not just a, a, a very clean yes or no here. It has implications for provincial uh, powers uh, in other areas as well. And we're talking about a five day hearing uh, that's now taking place at the BC Court of Appeal. I think it's a pretty safe bet, isn't it, that no matter what is decided, it's probably going to go to the Supreme Court of Canada. Oh, almost assuredly. And another thing to keep in mind, the B.C. Court of Appeal does not have a great record in front of the Supreme Court of Canada. The B.C. Court of Appeal, recall, uh, uh, ruled against the B.C. Teachers Federation on that landmark uh, case about stripping contract language. And the Supreme Court of Canada took 20 minutes to dismiss the Court of Appeal's ruling. So, and that they, I think, if I recall, the B.C. Court of Appeal has arguably the worst track record in front of the Supreme Court of Canada of all provincial courts of appeal. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be headed this to the Supreme Court of Canada. This is round one of a, of a basically two rounds. So even no matter what the Court of Appeal decides here, we're going to the higher court. And it's interesting, too, as far as this is a national issue, obviously we're talking about a National Energy Board ruling, a, 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 a challenge of that, and the question that BC is putting forward to get clarification on. But it's also a very political issue in that we've seen the pipeline. Quebec says they don't want it. Fine. This federal government says you don't need it because you're Quebec, whether they say that or not. Um, we must save SNC-Lavalin because it's jobs. Well, nobody nobody in that government is talking about the pipeline using the jobs argument. It's also a very political uh, hot potato. Oh, definitely. And in fact, it's, it's particularly a hot potato for the VC NDP government. They, it vowed, the party vowed to use, quote, every tool in our toolbox to block this pipeline. Well, it turns out the only tool they've got, and they, they realized when they came into office, they had no power to block the pipeline. And they've hit upon this somewhat unique argument that we can, can, we can block what flows through that pipeline. And that's the only tool they have left. So it, the NEV has to be seen to appease its own supporters of doing what it can to, to block this project. But I, it's interesting that it's, it's sort of been uh, reduced to a somewhat obscure constitutional argument that nobody even dreamt of back in the election campaign, uh, rather than the proverbial lying down in front of bulldozers and, and blocking and, and getting injunctions against the project. So it's uh, they've, they've condensed their opposition to a rather narrow argument, but nevertheless, they have to be seen as opposing the pipeline for political purposes. But, but again, so and if that's their argument and that's where they're, they're standing, then why aren't they also uh, going to court and, and trying to block railway uh, railways and rail cars from bringing this stuff to the coast? Well, they're, they my read of Arve's argument that this will extend to railways as well, that it's going to be an argument that, uh, with, in this case, it's a pipeline, but the overarching uh, argument here is that 
this is an argument that the province can control whatever flows through the province by whatever means, whether it's rail cars, pipelines, or trucks, or, or anything else for that matter. So this could extend, by my read, to railways as well, and to uh, barges and ferries and, and trucks. trucks. So it's, it's an overall argument about controlling the flow of substances through the province that could detrimentally uh, or adversely affect the environment should they get out of the transport. All right. So, well, Keith, we're going to open up the phone lines coming up, but I appreciate uh, you can get back to the live stream uh, of that from the BC Court of Appeal. And thanks so much. Okay. Take care. Keith Baldry is the Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief.